This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, this is John here from Freedom's Disciple Podcast. The only show on the Blaze where you come for the accent, where you stay for the principles and the love and defense of American exceptionalism. You're about to listen to a short clip from last weekend's show, and I'd encourage you to share it with your family and your friends. Also, please consider subscribing to our show. Search for Freedom's Disciple on SoundCloud iTunes or Google Play Music, where a new show is released for free every Saturday at noon Eastern. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I'm exclusive on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the show, of course, that you come to for the accent, but you stay for the principles and the love and defense of American exceptionalism. I hope you've had a wonderful, relaxing week. We have a jam-packed show for you today. I have a lot to say today. In fact, if you've been following me on, on social media, especially on Facebook, you'll know I've been chomping at the bit to get behind the microphone this week. You know, I love doing this podcast with you. I love the way you share it, the way you interact with me. It's, it's You all are family to me. But one of the things that frustrates me sometimes about doing a podcast that comes out every Saturday at noon Eastern is sometimes i got to wait a few days before I can get behind the mic to record. Because at times, I just want to get out there and record straight away to respond to people who annoy me. If you are a long-time listener to this show, I hope you get to know me a bit. um, In that I try and be as positive as possible. I I don't engage in name-calling. I don't engage in name-insults. I don't engage in a lot of negativity. I try and be very principled, very factual. Lay out the case for you. Share where I stand on the issues and then let you decide. If you think I'm right, perfect. You, you you share my same principles. If you think I'm wrong, that's totally fine. I'm not an echo chamber. But today's going to be slightly different because one thing that really, excuse my French, pisses me off, and it's getting, I think I'm getting older. I, I think I'm getting older and more crankier. But when I see politicians talk down to the American people, I I am starting to lose my mind. I think I start bursting blood vessels in my head. And I got to respond to one today. And I'm going to go in depth. I'm going to ask for your patience today. Because I want to break this down in several different ways. And the politician that annoyed the hell out of me this week was no no other than a person who ran for president this election. That honor goes to Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie, you went through the primaries, and I didn't spend too much time talking about you for many different reasons. I was I was more worried about different principles, and also I knew you wouldn't have a chance of winning. And I didn't follow too closely what you said, but you said something this week that annoyed the hell out of me. That is not only stupid, 
factually wrong, but it's insulting. You are there as a servant to the American people. They elect you to represent them, not talk down to them. They elect you to fight and secure their rights. Because governments are instituted among men, not to give rights, but to secure them. That is your job. That is what you place your hand on a Bible every six years or every two years and sit down and go, this is my job. Or every four years as president. To preserve, defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. I don't see anywhere in your oath of office that gives you the right to say, yeah, do you know what? The American people, you just suck. I'm not going to play the audio for you folks in case you haven't heard it, but I will read some of what he said. I I couldn't listen to him because I I think I might lose another blood vessel or two. So this week, Bernie Sanders was out giving another speech, talking more hot air, doing what progressives are great at doing, you know, being consistent on global warming recycling their same old excuses, their same old rhetoric, their same old propaganda. And I quote, The United States of America is the only major country on earth that does not guarantee health care to all people as a right. Canada does it. Every major country in Europe does it. The belief that health care is a right for all Americans, whether they're rich or poor. Some people, because they're Americans, should be able to go to the doctor when they need to, be able to go to a hospital because they're Americans. Then a voice from the crowd shouts out, we're a compassionate society. This is what blew my mind. No, we're not a compassionate society. In terms of our relationship to poor and working people, our record is worse than virtually any other country on earth. I just need to take a breath there for a minute because I could <laughs> I could say a lot of things that would probably get me thrown off the blaze right now. Just because I don't say them, folks, doesn't mean I don't think them. So let us deal with that. And I, again, I'm going to talk to you about healthcare today, but I, I'm going to ask for your patience because I'm going to make a point. Because I want to share some stories with you. I've done a lot of research on this issue this week, and I, I would just ask you to bear with me. So the first thing, let's just deal with the principle first. The United States of America is the only country on earth, major country on earth, that does not guarantee health care to all its people as a right. Uh-huh. Last week, if, if you missed the show, I spoke about the Declaration of Independence. And I spoke for different reasons, but I spoke about the start of it and why it is so critical. And I spoke about how you're one people. And how rights come from God. And among those rights are all men are created equal. And that each man and woman has a right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Or the original writing was life, liberty and the pursuit of property. Where is health care in that right? Where is health care in what I just said? But let's go one step further. Because, you know, the founders needed time. You know, that was 1776. You know, it took them 15 years to get the the Constitution ratified. Okay. First Amendment. You see healthcare there? Second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. You see healthcare anywhere in there at all? 
because I don't. But let's go one step further. What are you saying to people when you say the American people have a right to health care? What really are you saying? Blow away all the spin and all the hyperbole. What are you saying to a person? Well, here's effectively what you are saying. I'm John. Hi. I'm, a, I'm not, but let's just play along here for a minute. Hi, I'm John. I'm an American. And I'm an American and I have this income class. And regardless of my income, I should be able to go to each and every one of you, ever who you are, let's just say person B, and you're a nurse, or you're a doctor, or you're a GP, or you're a surgeon. Hey, guess what, buddy? I'm John. I'm an American. I have a right to your labor. I have a right to a piece of you. I have a right at any time, because he did say in that speech, People, should people, because they're Americans, be able to go to the doctor when they need it? Be able to go to a hospital when they need it? Because they're Americans. So at any time when I think I need it, I have a right to go to you and say, hey, guess what? You need to work for me now because I need you. And because it's a right. In what world is that considered fair? In what world do you think that's acceptable? Can you imagine just like some stranger you don't know? Walking up to you and saying, hey, whatever you do, whether it's writing books, whether it's doing podcasts, whether it's sweeping the streets, whether it's building a business, whether it's in sales, hey, your labor, I'm entitled to some of it. Now give it to me because I have a right to your labor. What would you say if someone walked up to someone that you don't know, never met before, never will see again, walked up to you in the street? What would you say? I know what I'd say. I'd say you're entitled to none of my labor. I work for me. And of course, depending on what country you live in, 20, 30, 40% of the time, you're working for the government. But that's a different story. Why are we entitled to people's and fruits of other people's labor? I asked this question, I think it was last week or the week before. When, when I, was, I think it was last week when I was speaking about income inequality. Let's say you're a doctor and you've studied four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years getting your degree and your master's and your PhD and, in a certain subject. Because I know, again, I don't know the, the ins and outs over there, but I know over here it's seven years to become a doctor. And then if you want to become a general practitioner, I think it's like another four or five. Or if you want to specialize in, in a cancer research or in heart or lungs or whatever you want to specialize in, it's another three or four years. So you're talking, let's say, 10 years in college. And by the way, it's not like, you know, you're slumming it in as a doctor. It's expensive to go to college. So you spend 10 years of your life. And let's say your passion is cancer. You want to eradicate cancer all your life. So you have 10 years of your life in college. Plus all those student loans, plus your cost of living, plus when you go to college, and I'm guessing, I know it's the same over there. When you go to college, it's not like over here where, or in other professions where you go to college and that's all you do. No, you got to go to college and then you got to do work experience during the summer and during term. So you got to go into hospitals. You got to work the night shift. You got to work the day shift. You got to work the morning shift. You're working hard. You're working 8, 10, 12 hour shifts with people learning, job experience. 
It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly emotional. And then you start getting into the industry. And you start learning and you start at the bottom where you're earning, you know, not as much as you can. And you're trying to survive. And you've gone through that whole journey of maybe 10, 15, 20 years of all that hard work. And someone comes to you and just says, hey, guess what? I have a right to your work. I have a right to your labor. Is that what you fought all those 10, 15, 20 years for? Is that what you worked your butt off going through college, paying off your student loans, working all hours God sends, so someone else can come to you and say, they have a right to your labor? But the other thing, as I said last week, when I was talking about income inequality, that person did the 10, 15, 20 years of college and hard work, and even maybe more, 25, 30 years, all of a sudden has created this advancement, this pill to cure cancer. You have this pill. Now, you've done it because, hey, you want to cure cancer. So deep down, somewhere, whether it's because you think it'll get you rich, but somewhere deep down, if you're creating a drug to cure cancer, you're doing it to be selfless. You're doing it to help other people. You might get rich because of it. That's an end result. But your why is that you're trying to help people. If you're doing all of that, and you did all those man hours, and you did all that research and development and study, and all those failed attempts to get to that pill just right, so it cures cancer. Are you then telling me I have a right to say, I know you worked all those hours, but hey, I have a fundamental right to the results of your labor. Give me that pill. No, you don't. That is what Bernie Sanders is saying. Now let's move on to point two. No, we're not a compassionate society in terms of our relationship to poor and working people. Our record is worse than virtually any other country on earth. Take a breath. Ladies and gentlemen, I finish this show the same way each and every week for a reason. One of the last things, I spend a lot of research time doing what I do for this show. And my attitude is always this. Sometimes you're not going to like what I say. Sometimes you're going to, I'm going to annoy the hell out of you. Sometimes you mightn't care about the topics I talk about. But my hope is this, is that whatever I've said in the show, whether you've agreed or disagreed, whether you've enjoyed it or hated it, is that the last, one of the last things that goes through your brain hearing in my voice is an Irish person telling you America is great because Americans are good. Honestly, if you get nothing else from my show, I want you to get that into your head and to start believing it. America is great because Americans are good. I've kind of taken it as my mission that I hear how many people tell you, you suck, you suck, you truly as a people, you suck. I'm here to tell you, you don't. I see so much potential. I see so much goodness in you. Do some of your people suck? Absolutely. I see them the way they interact. I've, I've seen enough American people acting like jerks and have said many things to me and threatened me over the time. I'm sure they are. That's just the way life is. Every society has jerks. But as a society, you're wonderful. 
You have changed the course of the earth. You have done more in 200 years than the rest of the world combined in 2,000 years. This is indisputable fact. And it galls me that you elect people like Bernie Sanders to then turn around and tell you, no, you're not a compassionate society, that your record is virtually worse than any other country on the earth. That is unacceptable. That is disgusting. And that is a flat-out lie. If you do a quick Google search anytime you want and look at the history of America, look at all the natural disasters, who sends the most aid and who's always one of the first to step up America, Again, forget the politics of it. Look how much foreign aid you send to other people. America. What is that? A Tisami, who's the, one of the first people that America. Now, there's bad time parts to this as well. I'm, I'm just let's just deal with the facts. Let's forget the politics for a second. You look at all the charity, and that's hours spent. You, there's a research a calendar. You know the most charitable nations in the world. Now, America's number two right now. It's it's kind of flipped over the last couple of years. But the number one is Miramar. I know that wonderful, big, huge nation of 300 million people, right? You are a compassionate society. You're compassionate in terms of your money. You're compassionate in terms of your time, both overseas and at home. But you're also compassionate in that you have innovated more than any other nation or collection of nations in the rest of the world and you have made this world fundamentally better if that isn't compassionate folks I don't know what is and after I come back from this break I'm going to give you some stories and I want you to listen to these stories they're very short there's about five or six of them and they all have one common thread and it's about healthcare. and I'm not going to tell you what the common thread is but I want you to see if you find it and then I want you to address Bernie Sanders. And I'll do that right after this break. Don't go anywhere, America. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 